We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principal for this special episode of Transformative Principal. I am excited to have you here today and I'm excited to welcome my guest, Nan Ma. Nan, welcome to Transformative Principal. Thank you so much, Ethra. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for everything you do for this community. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. So just to be clear, you are the founder of Numerate, is that right? Right, yes. I'm one of the co-founders of Numerate. We're based in Los Angeles. Great. And so I want to be upfront that this is not a sponsored podcast by you, and this is a conversation that you were doing something really cool and we have a mutual friend who connected us. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and just want to make sure that these ideas that you are, that you talk about with your mm-hmm. company, that the ideas are what are really powerful. So can you talk a little bit about your background and upbringing and what your history was like that got you to where you are now? Yes, definitely. Thanks for the opportunity again. Um, you know, so, so for me, Education has always been um, the kind of a, a central theme in my upbringing. It actually started with my mom. You know, she was a teacher uh, back in back in Vietnam. You know, back then girls couldn't uh, the, the, the highest grade that girls can actually get to was the sixth grade. But she was able to continue on in Vietnam. This was in South Vietnam at the time, and she was able to get through uh, the sixth grade and, up, and actually go through all the way to through high school. Um, and all of her peers were, were men at that time. And so, you know, afterwards she became a teacher for a decade plus throughout, you know, with, within South Vietnam up until 
uh, the war had commenced, and by the time it was the, the late '80s, um, you know, they they were refugees. My parents, they were Chinese refugees, and they actually um, escaped Vietnam at that time and arrived in in Los Angeles. And interestingly enough, during that time, uh, about I remember it was like 70, 80 percent of Vietnam's GDP was from all the Chinese actually fleeing uh, Vietnam at that time. And so, you know, she, her and, and my dad had a, an amazing stories of, of coming on the boat um, and, and, and landing here in the U.S. Um, my family settled in L.A. at that time. And, and you know, during that time, um, you know, my, my family, all their possessions were taken. And so they looked for the most, and it's the most affordable place in L.A. And that was South Central L.A. So I actually grew up in LA and South Central LA. I went through the LA USD system. Eighty percent of the students there were on free to free to reduce lunch. You know, for me again, education was a, a primary focus focal point for me. And you know, continue to, to study, hit the books. And you know, for me, I went through a, a trajectory whereby I, I was I got into a, a program called a Better Chance that allowed me. Uh, this is during middle school in my middle school in South Central LA. You know, through a better chance, opened this window of opportunity to me um, that I was able to go through, and that placed me in into one of the top you know private schools in LA. It cost a lot of money to go go through, but through scholarships and financial aid, I was able to make that jump and, and go in there. And I think this was this was the biggest eye opening moment for me that helped shape my thinking around education and really led to what I'm doing now, which I believe is my life's work. And the biggest finding during my, my adolescence and high school age was really um, putting, you know, getting straight into you know, understanding and witnessing the discrepancy of access towards you know, quality educational resources. And what I mean by that is every single one of my peers, friends had, had tutors, um, great resources um, you know, after school as well. So I would I would take the bus to school every single day and you know be in a, a completely different environment, completely different culture, and then come back you know on, on the bus every day you know to my neighborhood and the peers that I grew up with you know clearly didn't have any of these resources. And so for me, um, that left a lasting imprint in my in my mind um, ever since that point. You know I, I stayed on the academic trajectory largely because you know a lot of the teachers. At my private school, saw that I was behind um, in my STEM courses. You know, for example, in, in my chemistry honors class, I was failing. I was I wasn't doing well at all. I didn't have the foundations. I was scared to ask questions in class. To you know, um, it was it was that time right as a teenager, and I was more I was more of an introverted student. So asking questions was hard. And so, you know, when the, the teacher there, uh, Miss Noel, actually tutored me during uh, during a lunchtime to get me back up to speed. And so I'm so grateful for, for her. Um, but that, you know, that experience shaped how I, I think about uh, what we're doing now. And, you know, for example, with Numerade, fast forward uh, 20 plus years, uh, what we're doing is this larger mission to close this educational opportunity gap. And we can get into that a little bit more so, but in between that, you know, um, I went, you know, was able to get into a good college in Ivy League out in New York did the whole finance thing for a little bit, and then uh, was fortunate enough to get into Google uh, for about seven plus years. And that really just opened my eyes to how uh, technology can really impact um, you know, the world for the better. Granted, there's a lot of bad things as well, but 
um, the scale in which technology can operate really opened my eyes to what was possible. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think that an important thing to note here is that we all have experiences that shape what our philosophy about education is. And so briefly, mine was basically, I moved around a whole bunch and saw how how difficult the system was at actually serving me as an individual. And so my focus in education uh, as a principal and as a consultant is to help schools personalize their efforts towards each individual student. And and so that's why I, I loved what you're doing with Numerade, which is you know, basically democratizing education so that it's available for anybody. And, you know, your experience of going going to a private school and having great educators there who took the time to support you, you know, not that educators who aren't at a private school aren't great, but those people who are great, we need to get them in front of as many kids as possible. You know, my 11th grade American government teacher, that guy uh, he should have been teaching every single student in the world because he was so, so good mm. at what he did. And that's the kind of thing that it sounds like you're trying to create with Numerate. Is that a good summary of that? A layman example? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. You're exactly spot on there. You know, Numerate is a seven-year journey in in kind of this education technology space. You know, it, it was rooted in this notion of, um, if we can find great tutors, let's see if we can match them up to, with with others. So, so, for example, you know, seven years ago, when my partner Alex Lee, and when we both met, we we came together, and you know, we had the same the same view on this disparity of access towards quality education on the opportunity side. And what we wanted to do was first lower the cost of tutoring as much as possible. So, we created a platform called TutorCast.tv. This was seven years ago, and what we did here was we provided an online tutoring platform for independent tutors and tutoring agencies and brought them online. I think what we quickly realized was that um, the prices in which these tutors were, were charging didn't really decrease as much, and the reason for that was because it was all synchronous tutoring. You're essentially paying, you know, students and families, they're essentially paying for time of, of individuals, in this case, they're, they're tutors. And it, you know, given that it's so finite, you know, that, that amazing teacher you reference, it's really hard to scale that individual out. And so when we realized that the number one, that particular point, which was something that was actually an existential question to the company, you know, we were perpetuating the issue that we wanted to, to solve. Um, you know, we realized that um, a lot of these sessions that were happening on TutorCast were actually, actually of tutors going over problems uh, in a very step-by-step practical manner, you know, for students. And so we thought if we can just take that content and somehow unlock that content from world-class educators from around the world and make that freely available to as many students as possible, then we can get closer to our mission. And now that mission that, that we have now, it's, it's brought in to, to and, and what we stand for and what, we, what we're trying to do is to close the educational opportunity gap by taking this approach where, number one, we've already amassed you know, the, the largest STEM video library out there in the world where it looks at both practical content and conceptual content so, uh, and infuses it in, together such that students, um, especially in STEM, um, can actually 
learn in these micro chunk video uh, videos that are bite sized um, so that they can, you know, continue on their sequence of learning within STEM. Yeah. And it seems like there's a lot of different opportunities out there. I mean, colleges, universities are putting their courses out online for free and there's Khan Academy and all these different things. And so this idea of, of being able to support people is definitely there, especially now with all these coronavirus closures. It seems like there's really a need for kids to have that. Why, why haven't teachers just created this content for their own classrooms already so that their own kids can have access to all the stuff that they'd be doing anyway? What do you think's holding them back from that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. We do see a good amount of teachers, they're already um, doing some of this. Now, it's not as widespread as, as we would like it to be. You know, so, some teachers do, do use YouTube, they post onto YouTube, um, but it, it's not as ubiquitous. Um, you know, we, we, we think it's, it's definitely, it will become the case where I think it becomes more ubiquitous, but I think it's more of uh, you know, getting into the routine, seeing how um, there could be efficacy in more of a asynchronous type of um, learning environment, I think that's part of the biggest hurdle first. Like, can, can you actually drive um, true learning through this? We know from, from our own data and from what we've seen in the research reports that that's definitely the case where, um, you know, teachers can um, really, uh, I know this is a buzzword, but build in a, a flipped learning model by uh, creating a video content uh, for for their students, um, in that way, it, it actually brings about more of a tutoring type of dynamic within their classrooms. Now, you know, we'll see when we actually do get back to in person classes. It does seem like it's going to be a ways out, um, but in in the time being, um, there are opportunities for for teachers to create um, you know, asynchronous short form video that actually aligns to a student's schedule within their homes. I think that's the biggest issue we're facing right now. Like, how do we actually make that work? Hey, I just wanted to let you know about a little project that I've started. What I'm trying to do is help schools who are going to have a different graduation this year get guest commencement speakers. So if you're going to have a different kind of graduation ceremony this year than what you traditionally do, and you'd like to get a guest speaker to help you out, go to guestcommencementspeeches.com for a free service to connect you to a guest commencement speaker. These are people that I am curating to help connect because that's one of my gifts is being a connector. And I want to help connect people with others who can give great speeches at their school. So that's guestcommencementspeeches.com. I'd love to have you check that out and sign up to have someone awesome come speak at your school. Well, you know, about 11 years ago, I was an English teacher and wanted to teach my kids how to do five paragraph essays, which was a really big deal for our district. And it was a formula that you had to follow. And after teaching it for a whole year, I decided that that was a big waste of my time because it was the same thing every single time. So I was just saying the same thing over and over again, no matter who the students were that were in front of me. And so what I did is I made this little video uh, series of my uh, 15 videos of persuasive writing and how to like go through that whole entire process. And I just I was able to to do that, to show my kids how to do that, which was great and, and wonderful. But that was that was some work. That was some effort to try to make that happen. 
and uh, took some producing and things like that. But what I saw in my classroom is exactly what you were saying. It is that I was able to to be more of a tutor and help them with specific problems. And their writing got exceptionally better because if they didn't know how to do anything, I said, you got to watch the video and they'll give you the basics. Then once you've watched the video and reproduced what I taught in the videos with your own topic, then you can come to me and I can help you work through those things uh, with that. And what I saw was a better relationship with my students, more comfort and understanding in helping them write better. So I wasn't spending all this time on teaching the process. I was spending my time now on uh, supporting their writing development, which as a teacher made me feel so much better. And so I've got a link to that here in the show notes and I'll send that to you separately, non, so that you can see it. But it's just, uh, you know, it was a long time ago. And even then I saw the power of that and how, how much better it made me as a teacher. And so I can only imagine that, you know, if a, a kid is coming into class and has these other resources to help them, how much better that would be for the teacher to feel, um, supported and, you know, feel like they can do the work. Yeah, you know, there's two things that come to mind there. I think that um, probably back then it was it was probably a little bit more difficult. Like the, the the barrier to create a video like that was probably a lot tougher, a lot higher. Definitely now, there's there's definitely many tools that teachers can leverage to create that content in a very easy way. But I think also on a, on the adoption side with students, you know, your Gen Gen Z is it now? But yeah, Gen Z. You know, these students now, they, it's the TikTok generation. I think the other day I saw um, a, a viral influencer and he was the, the TikTok uh, tutor and he was just posting up small, you know, little clips of how to approach certain algebra problems. And I got lots of views. So it does seem like there is that shift of one, the technology side has been streamlined big time. And then on the consumer side or the, the student side, it's being more adopted uh, of, of, of just consuming just tons of video, uh, but also on the fly on their phone too. So I think the, the behaviors have changed dramatically over the last year, few years. Yeah. So one of the things that you've got are these office hours. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that idea is, is just perfect. Yeah. You know, with everything that's going on now with, with these school lockdowns, I think we are seeing the digital divide, you know, this learning gap become wider and wider, you know, especially you know, as, we, as we're getting into the summertime, I think one of our biggest concerns as an organization is all the STEM students that we are helping, you know, what's happening with them, but also at large, um, the student population, what's going on. And I think during, during the beginning of the lockdowns, there was um, a mass adoption of more of a of synchronous learning through Zoom or now it looks like Google Meets, which is great. I think what, what, what has happened from that and what we're seeing a lot of this is that you know participation rates vary widely between communities where you know there's more support, there's there's more there's more support within the family, more financial resources. So you see typically participation rates in the you know, 70, 80, 90 percentage points. But if you look at school, you know, school districts like the LAUSD and others where it's not as fortunate, you'll see particip- participation rates in the 20, 30% rate. And what we, when we d- dive into that even further, we realize that a lot of these students who come from less fortunate backgrounds, 
they may not have the schedule or the home environment that's conducive to asynchronous learning through a cat classroom environment. And so, you know, oftentimes I even have personal contacts and friends who, who experience this as well with their kids where, you know, you, they may not have, uh, you know, big enough, big enough home. There may be too many people at home to, to actually have a quiet place to do synchronous learning. And so the, the home environment is, a, is very, very critical right now. Uh, it could be one that's very resilient to everything that's going on now. Um, or may have pieces of that, or it could be a, a very stressful situation. And so that's something that is really hard to, to figure out. And so in the, the last few weeks, we've been launching a, a feature called Office Hours to help with what's going on at here. And w- what this is, is an, is an asynchronous uh, video product whereby teachers can create asynchronous short-form videos uh, of instructional videos on a daily basis, um, and we have teachers adopting this where they're creating these videos and, and it actually allows students to consume the content at their own time. If the student doesn't have good, stable Wi-Fi connection, which you really need for an ace, for a synchronous live stream through Zoom, right, um, or even the equipment, you know, students, they're not going to be able to participate. And so, as a student through office hours, you can still consume your teacher's content on your mobile phone through your data plan. So you can still access, access it that way. And so we've been seeing teachers um, creating their daily lesson plans and instructions for their students. Um, they get to see the students are actually viewing the lessons or not um, and how many times they viewed it. But I would say one of the more important features of the office hours product is the ACE, the uh, the, the Q&A feature. It's anonymous. Um, and that was built intentionally because, you know, getting back to the experience when I was back in my private school, I was too ashamed or I was too shy to ask a question in this chemistry honors class. Right. And so, you know, we're seeing now, um, and so with, with office hours, you know, students, it, regardless of their personalities, can just go ahead and ask anonymous questions. And then the teachers can then provide a video explanation on that particular um, question. And that's that will be available to all those students in that class to have, to have access to. And so there's no such thing as a stupid question anymore. Um, so we really, we, we've seen great and we've heard great feedback from teachers saying that, you know, students who normally didn't never ask questions uh, you know, they're, they're starting to see questions through 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 this product, and so that's been a great a great um, byproduct of it. That's that's really great, and I think that that kind of an approach that if you're not doing something like that as a teacher already, that is a great way to get the content out there for kids and for them to be able to access it on their own time. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing that's that's different about all these coronavirus shutdowns is that. You know, we used to have a captive audience sitting in front of us and we just don't anymore. And so we've got to be thinking about different ways to to manage that. So going back to when I was a teacher, that I had that that understanding that if my kids aren't sitting there in front of me, then they still need to learn what I'm teaching them. And my thoughts on that have changed a little bit since then also. But what I did is I created a... um a website where they could go and they could get everything that I taught in class that day and they could just download it and access it there so that instead, if somebody was absent, they would be able to access it. And even at that time, 
most of the kids had internet access, at least rudiment, like dial up at the very least. And you, most of it was English, so it was text-based, so it was pretty easy to, to get out there. But even back then, I saw the the need for kids to access things on their own time and to do it in their own way. And this situation has really emphasized that. And, you know, I've got four kids and we have, you know, they're at two different schools and their Zoom schedules don't line up all the time. And not to mention one kid teasing or bothering another kid who's on a Zoom meeting. And like, you know, we're we're a pretty privileged, well-established family. Like, <laughs> we should be able to handle this just fine. And even we're struggling with it. And so I can only imagine, you know, a, a single mom or someone who's less advantaged than we are and the struggles that they're facing and just being able to provide a resource to help kids at that time, I think, is is really important. Yeah. So um, uh, I was going to wrap up. So why don't you uh, give a last thought before I ask you the final question? God, appreciate it. So one of the main things to really consider and just, just uh, latching on your point there is, especially with STEM students, um, you know, it's, it, it, middle school is very important. You know, what we've seen and from research, it's, you know, if, if there is a fall off, especially with what's happening on the Corona side, and as we get into the summertime, if students don't have the sequential learning, then it's going to be hard for them to gain the confidence they need. And so, you know, we see this a lot in, in little girls and students of color. Um, if they don't get that type of resource um, to help course correct, then um, the confidence doesn't really build in you know the math and sciences. So you know for for us that's very important um, to have uh, you know middle school content within our larger library, our STEM library, um, and allow them to continue to access that throughout the the, the summer. You know one of the good things about what what we see a lot of science teachers are doing is on top of the office hours, they're actually also stitching together playlists of you know math and science. Uh, for their students so that they can also, um, you know, retain that information and, and build on it as they're going into the summer slump. That's really powerful. I'm really glad that you're able to do all that stuff. Thank you. So let me ask the last question, which is, what is one thing a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? You know, I, I think the main thing that comes to mind, and granted, I'm not a principal, so I don't want to speak on that, but as a leader, and this is something I try to develop on a day-to-day basis, is, is to always focus on on the why. Um, I, I think one of the biggest, one of the top TED Talks was Simon Sinek focusing on the why. So it's a bit cliche, but it's very important. I think, uh, especially during these times, it allows you to you know, focus on the top priorities and, and why you do what you do. And along with that is you know, there's a lot of struggle we're going through now um, and discomfort, but, you know, understanding your, your why will help you then embrace that struggle um, and pain uh, to go through all this hardship. But there's, uh, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's great advice. Thank you so much, Don, for being part of Transformative Principle. If you enjoyed what he had to say, you can check him out on Twitter at Nanma. That's N-H-O-N Ma on Twitter, M-A. And then you can also check out his website, numerade.com. And thank you once again, Nan, for being part of the program. Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. 
Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.